Under the 2010 new constitution of Kenya, female circumcision is illegal. In some areas, the practice still continues in secret, and the circumcisers deny their involvement. Even the circumcisers themselves, they are now even hiding. Even if you approach one whom you know, she will say, no, 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 I'm not the one. Because by now, it is in the new constitution of Kenya that when somebody is found circumcising somebody's child, the parents and the circumciser will be jailed. This is the story of how local communities are trying to stop this age-old tradition and replace it with an alternative rite of passage for their girls. In many cases, the alternative rite is being adopted because female genital mutilation is now illegal, and so it's being done in secret. And because it's being done in secret, it's not even got the same standard as it used to have. And the girls are not getting the public coming out ceremony and the whole big celebration of their becoming a girl, and they're not getting the gifts from their parents and the singing and dancing, which is a huge part of community life here. I'm in Lundiani, Kenya, to meet the people who are trying to make this change with the help of an Irish-based charity called Friends of Lundiani. The charity works with many community groups in this district. On my first morning here, I meet Rebecca Malel, a facilitator of the Alternative Right, and the director of Friends of Lundiani, Ireland, Helen Concanon. So what is the Alternative Right? The alternative rite of passage is for marking the time between when a girl becomes a woman and traditionally this was done in seclusion with a big ceremony and um, cutting of the genital area whereas the alternative is about training and education and so they learn the same cultural traditions information about being a woman, body changes, family life it helps to build their self-esteem and their self-concepts and empowerment but it does it all without the actual cutting so there's no damage to the female the mothers who are circumcised, when they hear about the alternative rights, some appreciate these alternative rights because they have undergone circumcision. They never profited from it. So they are now saying that alternative rights is better because the girls are taught what was done, but their bodies are not cut. Rebecca supports the alternative right, as she knows the risks involved in female circumcision. When somebody is circumcised, she may bleed to death, during birth, she may have some complications, and also she may be having the STIs, other infections, all those diseases, even the HIV and AIDS, because the tools the circumcisor might be using may not be clean, or might be she has just used in somebody else, 
Maybe sometimes she has cut her hands. She may not be healthy. Because some of the women are not going for the VCT, then nobody knows whether I'm a positive or a negative. The starting point for a village to get involved in the alternative rights usually begins with adults in the community having taken part in a Friends of Londiani community education program. We run a life skills peer education course for three days or five days and uh, during that they cover many topics one of which is circumcision and out of that then we often receive requests from them to come and meet the village elders to talk with the chief to discuss whether or not their community can take part in the program and the program really is a long-term program it's not in any way a short or quick answer to an age-old problem it is very much about empowering the community to change their behavior and the type of information that we give has to be very sensitive it's non-judgmental we must always remember that there are people in these communities who have already been circumcised and they have to be included in the course and given the same opportunities as those who who choose not to be this program came out of the community requesting and an old man standing up at a community meeting and saying we now have an option we can stop the cutting and from there we said okay how can we assist and it came about from a local woman from here, Esther, who went to another uh, seminar in another town and there was a brochure there about this alternative and she brought it to us. We went and met with that organisation. They are a Kenyan-led organisation, Kenyan-staffed and uh, and then we decided we could take certain aspects of their programme and integrate it with other programmes that we were running and, and create the alternative. Local women then recruited some girls to take part in a pilot alternative rite of passage, which involved a five-day seminar 15 kilometres away from their village. It's rainy season in Kenya, and as the rain starts to fall, Helen recalls the girls' return to the village. The first year we ran this was in 2009, and there was just one community. 50 girls took place that year, and it was uh, quite a big success. In fact, on the graduation day, everybody came, fathers, mothers, the whole community came out, including the elders, and some of the old traditional circumcisers came to see what it was about, because in, in some ways their income and their job, as it were, is in jeopardy by putting in the alternative, because they're no longer needed for the cutting. So having them at the ceremony was a big part of it. And as they sang and danced, some rain started to fall, and here in Kenya, rain is a blessing. So everybody was delighted, but the rain continued, unfortunately, and turned into a very heavy storm, which blew the roof off three of the houses in the community. So for us, this is a bit of a concern, because the village elders would have to sit and analyse that and decide whether that, that was a message. And they did so the following week, and thankfully it was not a, a bad omen. It was the three houses, they all had individual issues, which they believed then that was reflected in the storm blowing their roofs off. It was a, a big relief to us that they felt that the alternative was given the go-ahead and was an okay thing to have. The next day I meet Friends of Londiani's director in Kenya, Anna Minek. Anna and Helen are on their way to visit a school in Kopquet village. Walking or motorbikes are the mode of transport around here and it's common to see up to three people on the one bike. As we wait for our vehicle to arrive, I take the chance to talk to Anna about the role of the circumciser in the village. The, the woman who was a circumciser, is, she, she has all the respect in the village. And she sort of, she said she's the leader in the village. She's the one who will be, some, some kind of gifts are given to her. Okay. Yes. Because she would get paid 
yeah she she usually gets paid she won't get all of it in at a go but uh, she will get uh, maybe some money after circumcision but as the years go by the, she might get some goats she gets um, money all the time from the women in the village because like now if she circumcised me i'll regard her as my mother the one when i have a problem i go to her and uh, maybe when i get married she'll also get um, I, i will all all the time i will be going to her for maybe for some kind of guidance, guidance okay. yes Mm. Okay, so not so. not only by the village, by the girls, she kind of acts as a role model. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then, yes. and it, with the alternative rights, wh- where does she fit into the alternative rights? During the alternative rights, we give her opportunity to say, "Oh, these things were done. I used to do these things long ago, but now I've realized that uh, the effects of uh, uh, circumcision." She also knows the effects of circumcision so she will um she will still continue training the girls on those uh, not the cutting but the, the other things the culture okay yeah and have you got a lot of circumcisers taking part in the courses already yeah uh, we in the village in a village we could we can find let's say two who have really come out and say no to circumcision. The school we are visiting is high up in the mountains and hard to reach. I'm not sure the jeep we're in is able for this. When I finally dare to look down, the view of the steep valley is breathtaking, but my opinion of it changes when I'm told the women in the village have to walk the three kilometres down there in search of clean drinking water for their families. So the reason we're going to visit this village today is because they've invited us. They've already done a life skills course and at the end of that the community were mobilised and really wanted to um, tackle some of the issues that they're facing so they invited us to come. There'll be a public sort of uh, meeting really with uh, different groups represented um, and really it's to promote um, the group who have just done life skills and those community health workers and local leaders who want to make changes. So we're there to add in some extra support um, and also to see how we can partner with each other to improve things. So we may take on the village health committee or they're quite interested in this area in tackling the issue of female circumcision. So our job today is to lend support, to encourage them and to um, particularly emphasise the point that they have all the power within themselves to make the changes um, and we really are just supporting them in doing that. And could you just explain the importance of having the village elders on board in this Not much can happen in a village without the permission of the village elders. There is an administration as well, which is the chief. Beside that then, you have the village elders, who you automatically become a member of that once you reach a certain age within a community. What age is that? It varies because the life expectancy here in Kenya is quite low in comparison to Ireland. So what we might consider a village elder would be maybe somebody in their 80s, because here in Ireland your life expectancy is in the late 70s, whereas here you could be in your 60s and be a village elder. Um, and sometimes it depends as well on well, you know if you've had ch- how many children you've had and um, how long you've lived in that particular community. So um, it varies what age they are, but they would have vast experience and and they would make a lot of decisions regarding events, but also in relation to marriage, in relation to uh, family affairs, land. Um, even they decide when the circumcision actually happens. 
And what kind of reception are you expecting here today? There'll be a warm welcome from the people that we know at this stage that we've developed a relationship um, and they'll be quite proud that they um, can organise this sort of ceremony for us. So there should be some singing and dancing and be the usual warm Kenyan welcome. Lots of handshakes, a few speeches and um, that beautiful warmth that you don't, uh, you don't actually... Uh, see but you can feel it's um, it's quite unique in how the home community gets behind an event like this what are they singing Anna? they are singing well, don't fear don't fear us just come near us you are welcome most most highly welcome Welcome, 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 welcome. Nice to visit your school. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you. Hello. Welcome. 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 FGM circumcision of girls here is still going on. We are trying to train girls when they close schools in August, December, and in April. And right now we have uh, listed some girls. Uh, we have training of uh, for one week, and we train girls uh, alternative rights because uh, during the circumcision ceremony there are uh, rituals that are, uh, let's say, the girls under undergo, like uh, training them to be good mothers training them to know their culture, training them to know who they are. And so we have sort of um, uh, started this training so that uh, it will be an alternative, not to just leave the girls alone, but to get them together and help them to know who they are and uh, help them to continue in school. Our main aim is for them to continue in school. Like, for example, when they go for circumcision, then they won't continue in school. Circumcision is saying they are ready to, to get married. And you find a girl of, uh, let's say, 12 years going for circumcision, and it really, she's not ready for, for marriage because she's still developing. She has to go to school. So... We are trying to make them continue in school. FGM will affect girls' education because by the time they are circumcised, they look for alternative. That is, uh, they look for husbands or males are ready to marry them. So it will interfere with their education. Have you seen rates drop at a certain age in school? During the, the ages of 16 to 18, the population of the girls go down because of uh, FGM and because of also pregnancies and because of males wanting to marry them. So I know that Friends of Londiani have helped with the implementation of the alternative rights. Yeah. Do you think if Friends of Londiani had not done that, 
would it have changed anyway? It would not have changed as fast as it, it is doing right now. Okay. Yeah. So the change was happening? Yeah, it was happening, but it is being enhanced and quickened by the coming in of the Friends of Londia because they are now linking up with the local leaders who are ready for change. We would like to see the girl child not going through circumcision but going through the alternative right. So there's structure to it? It is the structure of Friends of Londiani and the local people who are ready to implement changes. As Josepha Kater, the principal of Masaita Secondary School, said, these changes are taking place. Access to clean water is a vital need here. The community are also interested in the alternative right. But something is on my mind, and on the way back to Londiani, I put the question to Helen. Do you think at all that there is an element of community perhaps agreeing to the alternative rights in order to get the essentials? I think communities decide to take on the alternative really because they want to protect their girls. And I really feel they believe that girls being educated up to the end of secondary school is a vital part of improving their community, whether it be in water education or in other fields. I don't think that communities uh, take on this course specifically to try and get funding because there's a huge amount of work involved in it. There's a huge amount of preparation and planning. The facilitators will spend five to seven days mobilising the community. And that involves walking the entire village, visiting homes, sitting down, chatting with the parents, chatting with the mothers, the fathers, talking to the girls through the schools, being available pretty much 24-7 for anybody to come and talk to them about this issue. So there's a huge amount of work involved in the facilitators. In terms of the five-day course that they attend, they have food provided, the the accommodation is provided by the community, they bring the firewood, we provide the the teaching resources. So there's definitely co-sharing involved. If it was entirely funded by Friends of Landiani, then I think you could question the sustainability of it. However, the communities are very much part of it. They contribute, they decide when it happens. Usually that's the chief and the village elders who would decide on the dates. So I think that their role is so big in it that it's, it's not possible for it to be just as a source of funding or a source of securing other needs such as water tanks or other issues. Female circumcision is an extremely sensitive issue and it happens for many reasons. Every time I speak to someone about it, I'm very aware that they may have gone through circumcision. That night I meet two women who speak openly to me about the traditional rite of passage. Lule Habiba is a community worker who explains the origins of the practice and Esther Creer is a local woman who asks the charity for assistance in the first place. Esther describes the stages of the traditional rite. In the first place where the cutting is done, it is done in an open ground whereby the father's the mothers and the neighbours and the villagers are there observing the girls when they are cut. After that, the girls are taken to various homes whereby it was identified earlier that they are fed there in groups of six, ten, depending on the home that needed that particular number. In the first week, the girls are given time to heal. In that particular time, girls are fed well so that the healing will be shorter. The the women will be coming to check on the wounds, telling the girl to sit at a particular 
position because when they put their legs together, the the place where the cutting was done could not heal very quickly. So their gene also was observed, whereby the area was washed with salt water, and also they were told to to to, to sleep or sit where their legs are apart. FGM has been something we've been trying to, from our parents and our grandparents, we've been trying to tell them it's outdated, it's not good, but it's like they believe that girls have to go through that ritual. And why do they believe that? Okay, for one, they say uh, it stops them from uh, sexual activity. Uh, That is to reduce their, what do we call their ego for sex. Secondly, they say it's like a pass from girlhood to womanhood. So it's very important culturally. Yeah, it's very important. But uh, I don't think religiously it's in the Bible or in the Quran, myself personally. It's just something which came up with from the ancestors or I don't know. It's very traditional. They believe in it. They have to do it. They have to that blood has to be, the blood has to be split down. The second stage is girls also are taught. And uh, the teaching here is done by demonstration, and then the girls do it. Who demonstrate? We have teachers, five of them. In the first place, there is a circumciser who cuts and disappears. That will not be seen at the rest of the course. So the cutting is, you will only do the cutting, she will only do the cutting and goes. The rest, three or four are left. Those one will be taking the training. There is a woman among the four who will be blessing the girls in every teaching. So there must be blessing and they normally use the local beer and they use a gourd like the one I showed you there, whereby they put the pier and the woman will put it on his on her mouth and will spit to the to the girls to show that they have been blessed. And they are also given behavioral teaching how they should behave when they are out, when they are when they are with other people, when they are with men, when they are with girls who have not been circumcised, they are not. Female circumcision takes place to ensure girls are ready for marriage. The fear that a girl be unmarried in a rural community is sometimes considered worse than being circumcised. So if circumcision is practised in a community, what do the community think of uncircumcised girls? Mostly they believe she's, she becomes very active in sex at an early age. So that's one thing. Okay. And would, would she be ostracised from the village? Well, sometimes in some villages they do. She'll be given a bad name. The other girls will tease her. Sometimes if uh, she didn't go through the passage and she got married and they come to know, they'll go after her. Or sometimes if you're in a community who doesn't practice FGM and you go and get married in a community who practices, they will force you to go through it. In some tribes like the Meru, they go after women who already have even three children and arrest them by force. Then we have the third stage. 
in the third stage it is where girls are taken to the river they they are they are made to swim and remember our girls our people do not know how to swim but they swim, they are made to swim and they are helped by the teachers they are held by their chick and uh, they are not supposed to to dive in the water but the head should be up and also there were some uh ants which was dropped in the in a, a tree whereby the the, the, the ants could throw, could land on the body of the girls when they are naked and they could bite them so that was a sign to make the girls to be very brave so after they have come out if they encounter anything that is very hard they will be able to they will be able to persevere some girls go willingly they just want it because since childhood it has been put into their brain that they have to go through it to become women, women okay. of substance or respect before the, the, the day of passing out now there is some ceremony which is done whereby the girls also should be taught how to cook good food how to take care of their husbands they are given very instruction and whenever these girls are told there is a gathering of only women not men so their mothers plus other elderly women are there to give the teaching so during passing out there is also a ceremony which is done whereby there is an entrance that the girls should become and pass it and the father is the one that will give the girl the stick there's a stick that will be given when you will be coming out you are given by your father i think this is a sign of welcoming you back home during the cutting also you are given another another stick a stick which is of your size so that you will use it to support yourself because you have a wound and how are you trying to change it like now we are forming to mobilize girls we'll talk to them on health we bring them closer we and then we talk about fgm we listen to their views and then we talk to them and explain to them that medically it's not good it uh, brings complication during childbirth and uh, well sexually their morals will go down they'll end up in uh, divorced uh, marriages why do you say that because what we came from the study we've seen about uh, the divorce or separation of husband and wife you'll find when you are talking to the men or sometimes when they are just even in a drinking place they'll you'll hear them saying oh the women who are not circumcised are better than the ones who are circumcised but they will leave their wives in the home and run after those girls who have not been circumcised mm-hmm. the men themselves they don't want the women who are circumcised and they are the ones who will say they have to marry women who are circumcised in the community where they practice fgm but right now from the study that we have seen even from the community of the people who who, do, who practice fgm the men are also trying to fight it okay but uh, how was that yeah by uh, i mean they will talk it over like i said they want we, girls who have not been circumcised the problem is with the elders the elderly ones those who have lived with this fgm it, it's difficult to change their it's view it's difficult to change their views 
Back at Friends of Londiani's office, Helen explains how important it is to have the local men involved in the alternative rite of passage. The involvement of the men is a key part because circumcision traditionally marked the time from when a girl became a woman and so then she was marriageable. And we need to have men and young boys in the communities who are willing to say, well, I'm happy to marry a girl who was uncircumcised. So from that point of view, the men are a key part of the alternative right. And many fathers in particular did not like having to do this to their daughters. Some of the mothers often felt they'll, you know, that, that this is what they had to do. They did it themselves, so therefore they should do it to their children. Fathers went along with it because that's what the mother wanted. Um, and until that discussion actually happens and people talk about such a sensitive issue, nobody really knows what anybody else really thinks. And all we do is create that forum for those discussions to take place. Over 50 people have turned up for a meeting at the charity's offices. They want the alternative right course in their communities. Everyone is eager to express their views about the issue. Among them is a village elder who is mobilising his community to stop female circumcision. To me, uh, it came a time when my, my elder daughter uh, tried to go for circumcision. He ran in 19, the year 201. So I followed her till the house where they, they are circumcised. The circumcision is taking place. But I went there and talked to her and bring her home. So, as I'm a village elder, I've been talking to, to villagers, not to circumcised girls. So, uh, my request is to 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 make mobilization and even FGM and to teach them to tell the parents that uh, FGM is not good for the girls. So your daughter was going herself to get it done, but you you stopped her. Yeah, I stopped her. So what made you stop her? Why did you? I don't want uh, circumcision to be circumcised because I want I wanted her to to go to school. So even her sisters, because I have three daughters, the elder one, have taught those, those two, those, the, the two sisters. And they, now they don't want uh, to go to circumcision because I have talked to them that I want them, them to go to school but not to be circumcised. What, what, did, what did your community say? <laughs> they, 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 they were annoyed, but uh, after all, uh, I told them that this is my daughter, and my daughters will be not circumcised. And even you also, a circumcision is illegal. Uh, if you circumcise your daughter, you will be jailed. I can say for boys also, they still have that mentality, the cultural mentality of, of saying that if a girl is not undergoing this circumcision, that girl is not fit for marriage. They see that even you do not know even how to cook, but <laughs> I don't know if that's the real thing. It's not the real thing. They say girls who have not gone under the circumcision cannot even know how to stay as a mother. If you have not undertaken this circumcision, they do not see you as a, a woman. They say that those just girls. This thing was 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 in culture, uh, uh, in culture of our grandfathers, uh, promised that uh, uh, to to marry a woman not circumcised, will even even to cook food and to do everything, she don't know, because 
after when they are circumcised, <laughs> there is a college there being taught by the the old mothers that how to how to how to how to how to, how to run the family and how to to make food for the the husband. But even uncircumcised girls can do well better than those circumcised ones. So that was that uh, the way to to make girls to go for circumcision. But there is no difference uh, for a, a woman circumcised and the one who is not circumcised. They cook food the same. So that was a, <laughs> that is the challenge. In the first place, what I wanted to say is that um, that activity is indeed uh, it is purported to be circumcision in some ways. But when it comes to its uh, actual or the reality, it is not circumcision, it is a mutilation. So they have realized that it, it was not for anything. It, it doesn't mean anything. It was not even for any benefit of a, a, a girl child at all. So after Friends of Lodiani having introduced um, the alternative, uh, that one as an alternative to take place of that um, particular practice, uh, currently, there is a change. There is a change in that um, it, they are strengthening uh, that, the abolishment of that particular activity in the area. And that change is demonstrated by the number of communities requesting the alternative right course. So in 2009, we had um, one community, which we had 50 girls um, graduate. And then in 2010, word had spread amongst the other villages in the district. And we had applications from seven communities, which we were delighted to fund and uh, take part in the alternative right with. And then this year, we've had 24 different villages want to do the alternative. Now, in some cases, they um, have applied to do it at different times of the year than traditionally. Traditionally, it's done in December holidays because it's when the girls are home from school for a month so they have time to recuperate. But the need is so great in some communities that they wanted to do it in the April holidays and also in the August holidays and have different 50 girls each time. And that really just shows us how needy some of the the cases are and where this really needs to take place um, on a regular um, occurrence. So this year we have 24 communities and there's 50 girls graduating at each one. We limit the numbers to 50 because of the type of activities that take place. There's group work, there's some dramas, role plays and so with the numbers too big it doesn't have the same effect. Last year in one of the communities uh, they had 50 places and over 100 girls turned up. So um, I think the need is there to run more of these courses and increase the numbers. One of the things that we learned along the way was in 2009 we held the ceremony in the town of Londiani and the girls travelled in the 15 kilometres to it. Afterwards they walked home in a big singing and dancing graduation um, to be welcomed home by their parents and that's a 15k journey they walked home wearing t-shirts and carrying banners and posters that they had made themselves saying no more cutting. But after that year that was our first year we met with the girls who had done the ceremony and we chatted with them and asked them how it went and what did they think and one of them in particular had gone off to boarding school the following year and had set up an anti-FGM club in her school to show that other girls that there was options that they, they had choices and then there was also girls in that community who didn't get to go to this alternative so we met with those just to discuss so these are teenagers 12, 13, 14 years of age and to ask them well, why do they not go you know and I think that's important that you always ask those that are included and those that are not because then you really see the effect of a programme 
And so when we chatted with them, it was myself and Esther out in um, Bendy Tye is where we, we met with them. And uh, they said that they weren't allowed to go because it was too far away. It was in the town and their parents were concerned. And also it's a harvesting time. December time is when they harvest. And so it's all hands on deck in the shambas and in the fields to, to bring in the, the corn, bring in all the crops. And so they said, whereas if it had been locally, then they could go every day and they'd still be able to do their chores, getting the water or the, the wood or whatever. So I think you can't expect communities to just stop altogether saying, right, the girls aren't going to do any chores anymore. They have to, there has to be a balance. And I think having it in the community, which is what we do now, we have it in a local secondary school room or church or some venue that's local, then um, more people can participate. So listening to the community um, as you go through the programme is vital to its success because we could have written up a nice report and could have sat in a nice office and been filed away and uh, to say it was a success. But really until you actually ask and see where can we go from here, you're not going to really know how long lasting this is. And because of those girls, we now run the ceremonies in communities and I think that's why there's been such a big take up. The need for more courses is evident. But before I leave Londiani, I have to ask Helen about the role of the outsider in all of this. The alternative right could be perceived as Western societies trying to change African traditions. When we run our life skills courses, the women and men at the end of it are so grateful for the new knowledge and the new information. And that's all it is. It's information and knowledge, which they then can decide to use or to not use. And I think sometimes in in the West or in the developed world or whatever word you want to use to describe those countries that have more money, we get a little bit judgmental and say things like, well, you know, whose right is it to ask what or whatever else? However, we are privileged enough to have an education, to have quite a good education system and to be in communities where we learn life skills as we grow older because we're given opportunities to be involved in various different things. And because we have that education, I feel we have an opportunity to share that. People can decide whether to take it or not to take it. The women that we would work with before the alternative rights and and the life skills would often say to us, you know, we hear about these human rights. The United Nations have human rights, but we don't have them. We don't have any of them. Everybody has a right to basic clean water, to basic hygiene. They don't have those rights. They actually do not have clean water here. So therefore, who are we to say, well, you can have this right and that right, but not the other rights? They're entitled to all of them, the same as we are. We're just privileged enough to be able to have them. And I think by sharing that information, it's then up to individuals to choose. And I've met many people who have been circumcised who are quite happy for the circumcision to stop because of the pain and the horrific experience they went through. Equally, I've met older women who have been circumcised and think it's perfectly fine. They survived. And why can't the youth of today survive? And when we invite those to the alternative right, and that's a key part, is having them involved in it they always change their mind. They're always at the end going, this is education. We're actually teaching the same thing. The only difference is the cutting. And when they see that that's what it is and that we're not in any way saying drop the traditions or drop the cultural values or forget your history or any of that, when they see that it's really just about empowerment and giving the girls every opportunity to choose for themselves their own career and their, their own future, then they, they always come on side. So I think, I think we, we can't say it's wrong to question things because all we're doing is sharing information. And in particular, this course, it's about behaviour change. It's not about you're doing something wrong. It's not about stop. We don't use any of that kind of language. The language we use is about empowering women, empowering girls, giving choices, 
giving options. But at the end of the day, each person is encouraged to make their own decision for themselves. So I think people are right to question the outsider. Certainly an outsider can't come into a village and say, right, stop circumcision because it's never going to work. To be honest, they're not even going to talk about it. I'm very privileged in that I've been here for the last nine years and have very good relationships with a lot of the women and the men in the communities and some of the girls. And, and discussing it is, is, is an option because they know me, they trust me. I, I, I'm not just floating in and leaving. So I think having a, a long-standing relationship with a community helps you to be able to um, generate discussion and facilitate them in what they choose to do. And, and in time, some of these communities may decide, you know, we're going to go back to the old traditional way. I don't think they will because I think they see the benefit of this program, but only time will tell.